Good evening and welcome to tonight's episode of The Crime Shop. Downtown Denver dying? Why isn't anyone coming back? Now, recently here in Denver, a lot of the local media has been reporting about the lack of pedestrian foot traffic in Denver's downtown district since the state opened back up from the COVID-19 statewide shutdowns. Now, it's interesting because the local media is running the stories around in circles. They're speculative circles. So some are taking polls, asking if people feel safe in the downtown area. Others are kind of blaming remote work on the problem, blaming that for the problem. And really, you've got to look at the picture as a whole, which is what our society oftentimes fails to do. And I know like Denver City Council and Governor Polis, they don't tend to want to see the whole picture. They want to see pieces of it because it fits in their narratives. But the reality of the situation is pretty simple, you know. The facts are really simple. The city has become trash. It has gone to garbage. And that started a long time prior to COVID-19. The homeless took over the city in swarms, whilst we have blamed it on everything but the real issues that the homeless who moved here have and already had. And absolutely nothing has been done to keep people who want to spend time in the city safe. And that is not the fault of the Denver Police Department. You know, we have a mayor and a governor and a city council and the police only do what they're told. You know, and I I use the example of the camping ban that we have in Denver. Um, We enacted a camping ban years ago. And it's really not enforceable. So I'm not even sure who thought that one out. But at one point, the police were told, do something. Then they were told, don't do anything. And now they're kind of in the middle because they feel bad and they don't really know what to do. And they go in and they'll move a camp. And then the camp moves in two blocks later. And and it becomes a problem in the warmer months. But, you know, we've basically tied the hands of the police. Recently, city council decided that um, we will no longer write tickets for jaywalking. And their reasoning was because the police tend to write them more for African-American jaywalkers than others, which I don't know where they got those statistics. I think city councils um, really looking through rose-colored glasses, honestly. Jaywalking is such a prevalent problem in downtown and quite frankly, it's very, very dangerous. When I leave for work sometimes, especially in the winter, the sun isn't up yet. And when it snows, you have homeless people just jaywalking everywhere. And when you're in a motorized transport, and I'm not sure if city council here in Denver understands this, but they don't stop. A motorized transport doesn't stop the same way that a person would if they were walking or perhaps riding a bicycle. You know, it takes a little bit to get to motorized transport to stop in the winter, especially if you hit ice and have to slam on your brakes to prevent hitting an idiot who's walking in the middle of traffic and they're not at a crosswalk. So it was a stupid thing that city council overturned and I love that rant of mine, but they overturned that. So they basically keep tying the hands of the police. So I don't blame the police here, you know, 
we do have some really poorly written laws on the books, along again with the city council who seems to think that they know better than anyone doing away with laws, telling the police what they can and cannot enforce. And it's just stupid, really. And when you, you put these issues out to the media, it makes it very unappealing to be in Denver. People come to Denver, they're like, well, I've got to put up with this, I've got to put up with that. You know, the jaywalking thing is fine, except for the fact that you have motorcyclists, people on mopeds and scooters that tend to ride in between traffic. So they're not on the side where they should be or in the bike lane. They're literally, and bicyclists do this too, they will ride beside your car in traffic. So you have a three lanes on Colfax and they basically make their own lane in between all the vehicles and they're moving about in and out. So there's another thing that we have to worry about. So you either take out a pedestrian or you take out a guy who's trying to cut around all the traffic on a moped, motorcycle, bicycle, or scooter who's riding in between the cars and just going about. So you just fucked as a motorist on here. And that is not appealing to people. Honestly, I don't know who thinks these things through. Clearly nobody does, but you know, you've got to watch for those things. You know, some of these rules and laws were built and made for a populated city, which we are. And when you start getting rid of them, bad things can and will happen. When you look at the homeless situation, crime rates have skyrocketed as well as drug use in the city. The homeless will attack you if you're on foot sometimes. And not to mention, I've watched them walk up to people's cars and try to get in them. They go onto people's property and steal it all. They steal things off your property, you know, bicycles, planters. I've seen people with plants at these homeless encampments. Somebody had a fucking swimming pool one time. I couldn't believe it. I almost spent the 4th of July with them just because they had a pool and some lawn chairs, you know. But you, as a pedestrian, you can't really walk around these tent cities when they build them either because they tend to build them where it's heavily populated by foot traffic. And so they will take over an entire sidewalk. And sometimes it encroaches the street. So then you're also impacting traffic. They are unclean, they are unsafe, and they are dangerous. People have been raped, robbed, and stabbed in them. As a pedestrian, it's very unappealing. You just don't want to go near them, but you don't really have much options. When you're walking out on Colfax, people have been shot, just randomly shot. So that's less appealing. The marketing here, like I'll get to that, but the marketing is really bad for the city of Denver right now. But in the encampments and around them that are used needles, people smoke crack and meth out of tinfoil. You find that everywhere. It's littered about. And homeless people really don't have facilities. So in as unappealing as this is, they use the bathroom straight out in public, on the street, people's yards, on the vehicles, you know, in parking lots, at the park as traffic is passing by. And they do shit in the street and everywhere else. It's unappealing. It's dirty. It's filthy. It stinks in the city in the summer. It's an overwhelming scent of urine in a lot of different places. I've had out-of-town guests complain to me about that. They're like, God, I went for a walk and it smelled like piss out there, you know. The, some of the homeless people are prone to violent behavior. 
So if you're sitting in traffic or stopped at a stop sign waiting to turn right and you have to pull out to see around some of the traffic parked on the road, if they feel you're in your, you are in their way, they will punch your car, try to break a window. I've seen them try to pull people out of vehicles. I've seen them stop traffic out here on Colfax and jump on people's cars and yell and scream. And there's, you know, city council doesn't want the police to police them. So really, as someone who would visit the city, you're kind of left powerless. What city council did was empower the criminals. And they've made all those taxpaying people that want to spend the money here feel like, well, I'm in danger, so I can't go there. And that's really, when you talk about safety in the city, that really is the crux of it right there. You know, we've seen guys on TV, on television, on the news, go after people on a 16th street mall with a pipe and start swinging it and hitting anyone that it could. That was a few years back. The drug use by the homeless, again, it's insane. Like I said, you can't go anywhere that's safe. You know, you go to bus stops and you see them at the union station, you see them and they just do it out in the open. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. And it's really not good. It's not healthy for anyone to be around some of the drug users because, you know, they, of course, are smoking crack and meth, and that's very dangerous. And and what a lot of people have started to see on the news, I'm sure, in Colorado, I don't know if you've seen it nationwide, but many public libraries are having to decontaminate because they're finding traces of meth in them. Because public libraries are public libraries, if I could speak, are run by municipalities and cities, and they don't want to run the homeless out. So, of course, they're being decontaminated now because of methamphetamine. We're also seeing a trend of men just dropping out of the workforce and joining the homeless population by choice. They run national articles last year about this at the end of last year, and it is quite concerning, especially out of the trades. But they're also joining the homeless, you know. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like that I say this, but you really truly only have three options when you're dealing with such a large amount of homeless people. And a lot of people hate this. They don't like it. And in fact, many cities and municipalities choose to try to give the homeless a stipend and a place to live and food stamps and force them. The the story is, you know, like in Houston, they found success because people chose to get off the streets. That's not necessarily true for every city. And if you spend a good amount of time, and I've lived in Capitol Hill on and off through the years a number of times, and I see the same homeless people here, when you spend the time and actually get to know them, they're not going to tell the media or, you know, the mayor the truth. But when you pay attention and you see the same people over and over again and you start to talk to them, they don't want off the street. They want the handout, right? They want the stipend and they wouldn't mind having a roof over their head, but they want to continue to use drugs and break the law. Some of them, quite frankly, are mentally ill and cannot be put in a position where they can effectively and successfully be a contributing part of society. That is the truth. You've got the criminal element of them. They don't want the help. They want the free handout. They don't want the help and they don't want to comply with anything. So a lot of the subsidized housing or halfway houses, they make them not utilize drugs, break the law or drink alcohol. And if they have to be on any kind of medication, they have to take that medication to live that. They don't want to. 
None of them want to comply with that. And trust me, I do know what I'm talking about because I have an adult child who chose the path of being homeless and he did not want the help. He did not think that he had anything mentally wrong with him and he wanted to do the drugs with his girlfriend. And that was the choice they made. And that was actually quite recent. So there's, there is, there are different populations with our, within our homeless situation that I don't believe that the media or city council or mayor or the governor really want to look at and want to inform the public about. And I feel like you should be fully informed. So that leaves us with three choices. Number one, you jail the criminals. People breaking the law who knowingly and repetitively break the law need to be put into jail. Sorry, that's the way it is. Now you deal with the mentally challenged people, the people who can never successfully contribute to society in a popular, in a positive way. They're always going to be mental. And they do come with drug addiction and alcohol addiction, very strong addictions. We need to have, and the one thing we don't have anymore, are state-run hospitals. I know a lot of people balk at that because in the past, we have not done well with that. There have been abuse and murders and rapes, and it, it was all quite severe, which is why no state really has an influx of state-run hospitals anymore. But for all the people who cry out against those, you know what they need? Watchdog groups. Therefore, you create a new job, and your jobs who cry out against them become the watchdog groups to ensure that people are not abused or mistreated whilst in them, and that they will live out the rest of their days comfortably in a safe environment where they are not using illegal drugs or drinking themselves to death, and they are properly medicated. And that's the way it is. The third option for the group of people that are a group of people within the homeless population that don't want to be homeless. You help them, you give them the place to live, you give them a little bit of an allowance and you help them you know, learn the skills that they need to successfully have a job that will pay their bills. But here's the thing, what a lot of people don't understand, it's like, a, it sounds easy, right? No, they don't give them usable job skills. When we put people through these programs, you learn how to type on a computer and that's you know, you can run a cash register. They don't actually get usable job skills where they can get a job that will get them off the street. See, that's the problem, right? And a lot of people fail at seeing that. So those are the three options if you want to get the homeless under control. And that's, I call it how I see it. That's black and white. It's proven, it works, and it's successful all around. But you've got to figure out your homeless population groups because there are different people or different groups within that population. Aside from all of that, is that we have a lot of women now coming forward and they've gone to the media and actually hit national media coming forward with reports of having been given the date rape drug whilst out downtown at a bar, a club, or a venue. And the police and hospitals have done absolutely nothing to help them. Nobody has helped them. So again, the marketing here is truly not doing Denver any favors. On top of all of that, we have a lot of empty offices and buildings downtown. 
Now, the media would like to blame it on COVID and remote work, but the truth is that's only a small fraction of why that's happening. When you have rents and necessities disproportionately higher than what people can pay, it tends to turn people away from being here. For every little trendy restaurant or bar opening, you can bet money on a table that many, in fact, more than half, will only make it three years in the location they pick if it's here in Denver. The taxes and costs of rents that increase at a disproportionate rate to that of what the business can actually bring in as profit on top of paying wages to staff runs those businesses out of town. And it's true. Look, we've got 40-year-old skyscraper buildings downtown, right? And we're charging million-dollar rents for them for just an office space in them. They don't get the whole building, but they get a floor. We're charging million dollar rents. Those are 40 year old buildings. Who the fuck do you think you are charging that high of rent because some greedy man on the other end wants to make an extra buck? Fuck them, fuck them. It doesn't matter. They don't deserve it. And that is the city's problem, right? The city has done nothing to incentivize owners of buildings or landlords to to decrease rents in an effort to draw business here. They've done nothing to cap rents for housing here or encourage people to decrease rents in order to attract people to move here. That is the city's fault. And I hear the argument, well, if we do that, people won't build here. Well, I've got news for you. It's a nationwide problem, right? So keep selling that, sorry story because eventually it's going to run out. You will have no options because a lot of cities are looking at this and they are thinking long and hard about it. And it is looking like a lot are going to start enforcing these rules. So keep running with that story that people won't want to move here. There's not going to be a place they're going to want to move in the near future. It's just the way it is. It will break. That back is going to break. But cities do need to do more to encourage these landlords to lower their rents. And it's not subsidized housing. It's, you know, give them tax breaks. Hey, if you don't raise the rent on your current renters, and that's housing and businesses, for let's say the next three years, we'll give you this tax break, right? You've got to give a little to get a little. And that's the other thing the city doesn't understand. When we think about it, you know, in in terms of the housing, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you've got to have this much affordable housing in the building if you want to build here. And that's what Denver keeps looking at. That's not really the fix because we all know that affordable housing doesn't really cover the middle class. And and then people are like, well, it's going to drive down rent and it's going to do this. And it could all happen. But the reality is when you've got a bunch of people that are unwilling to do it, you're going to be looking at a lot of empty buildings and a lot of empty office buildings. I keep seeing in the news that Denver still has a housing housing shortage, but really what that is, is people buying houses. It's not apartments, it's not rentals. The last but not least issue that Denver has is our public transit system, which is absolute garbage. And I don't blame RTD for that at all. Again, you have the homeless people taking over a lot of these RTD bus stops, and it is frightening. I would encourage anyone, if you haven't, go take a stroll through the RTD bus stop at um, Wadsworth in Colfax. 
in that RTD terminal, people are utilizing drugs in there. People are being accosted. I saw someone on Facebook, a woman reported had been, having been assaulted. Cars get broken into. People don't even park their cars there. The drug users are in the stairs and the elevators or out in the open. They don't care. Same thing at the Broadway in Colfax, bus stop, Downing in Colfax, and Colorado in Colfax. Then you have the light rail. You know, I live in Capitol Hill, and to get to the light rail, I actually have to walk to downtown Denver. It's not far, but it is a considerable distance. It can be done. It's easy. I used to do it all the time until we had so many homeless here. But one of the popular destinations to go is the city of Golden, downtown Golden, right? You walk to the light rail because you don't dare get on the 15, which is the bus that runs on Colfax. That Anyone who lives in Denver will, if you don't know the 15, ask someone from Denver about the 15. So you walk down, you get on the light rail, you catch it, you get to Golden. They drop you at the courthouse. To get into downtown Golden, you have to arrange for another ride. So you either catch another bus, which you got to wait for, or you have to do a ride share. So it's not very convenient to do downtown Arvada, the old town Arvada. It is convenient to go to the Pepsi Center from there. But it's not really set up or designed for convenience to put people where they need to be or want to be. Just the other day, there was a video that RTD released of a man that got off of one of the light rail trains. As he got off, he was brutally attacked and beaten and robbed. Again, the marketing is terrible. Does that make anyone want to catch light rail to go here? To come here? No. Let's be honest, when the city and the local media run stories with a particular narrative in mind so that it would support what they want you to see, it's really not very good or very smart marketing. And our marketing right now to incentivize people to come to the city is really based off of what people are seeing on in the media and on social media. It's quite disturbing. And it spells out that this is not a desirable place for people to be. And that is all for tonight's episode of The Crime Shop. Stay tuned for more.